Hello and welcome my partners in crime and welcome back to case seven of our missing persons run of cases that we're trying to do within 20 days so by the 20th of December all 20 cases will be up so there'll be maybe one or two or three uploads per day on certain days depending on how quickly I can get them out and what else is going on at this time of year but today's case let's get straight into this case it's really important this case and this case is the case of um Alexander or Alex uh, slowly now Alex was born on the 4th of October 1991 and he disappeared without a trace another one gone with no evidence no nothing on the 2nd of August 2008 now he disappeared again from the London borough of Enfield or isn't a North London right North London that's where he disappeared from or so it is thought because as with all these cases that we've been doing there's issues here again with uh, the investigation, no CCTV, or this sort of stuff. Now, we are talking about London in 2008, and they said they couldn't find him on CCTV. Now, listen, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail, but, uh, you know, that's absolutely bullshit, to tell you the truth. He would have been seen on CT CCTV, and it would have been either the lack of the investigation skills at this time. Now, listen, no one's saying that CCTV imaging and to go through hours of it especially when you don't know what whereabouts this boy's going coming from or going to sort of thing within this couple of hours there's a lot of CCTV to look at and things can be missed but I think what's the most important thing is is that you look at the CCTV very early on because in any area especially in London they're never going to keep it for long this imaging they're just not so if the police don't investigate this properly right from the offset and um in this case it doesn't look like they did by the time they've got to this sort of looking for this sort of imaging and this this boy and where he could have gone and everything else it's too late it's too late so would i say that there was no cct evidence of alex walking around you know from Enfield I think and he was going back to his home in Finsbury Park so it's not far it's not far at all um would I say that there was no footage of him absolutely not of course there was footage of him whether it wasn't found we know that and we don't actually know whether it was actually looked for do we and um if it was looked for in the time frame that it needed to be looked into before these tapes are wiped so there's issues with this case from the off so this boy, as I said, Alex, now he was 16, nearly 17, it was a few days off his birthday. He'd gone to stay at his mate's house the night before in Enfield, so that was the 1st of August 2008. He'd stayed over there for the night. He was, um, he was at college, he was an accountancy student um, at college. He had no um, links to any gangs or anything like that. There was nothing really about this boy's home life seen well it, you know it it was it's just a real shocking case because as I look into this case the lack of information in this case, case is what's so shocking as well for a boy of 16 nearly 17 to have gone missing you know probably from another London train station you know and you think if he was traveling home from Enfield to Finsbury Park Finsbury Park is two miles, if that, from King's Cross Station. 
Now we've had a case before, haven't we? What we've done in this roundup of this missing cases case, you know, of little Andrew. Um, now he went missing from King's Cross. So is there a link here? Let's look. Let's look at this case now in a little bit more detail or the detail of what I can actually find on this case. So we had Alex and his nickname actually was Gog, right? G-O-G, that was his nickname. So if by any chance he is out there, then he may be still going by that nickname. But that was his nickname at the time. He was studying at this um, Islington Arts and Media School and was attending the city of Islington College where he was studying accountancy. Intelligent lad. As I said, he was 16, nearly 17 years old at the time of his disappearance, but again, looked very young. So actually, I think it was two days off his 17th birthday, but he was a child, right? Still a child, looked very young for two days off his 17th birthday. Now, he was described as someone who dressed smartly. He was not scruffy in any way. Um, he liked football, he liked eating traditional West Indian foods such as fried plantain, now I love that, and um, dumplings and porridge and that sort of stuff. He loved all that, that's the sort of stuff he loved. So, you know, his parents were separated and they had, he had three sisters I think, and um, at the time, and his father Christopher died I think in 2014 without actually knowing what happened to his son. It's uh, quite tragic, isn't it, really? Again, we've got now parents that are, you know, passing over before they actually realise or find out anything about what happened to their children that is gone missing. Now, this boy, as I said, has gone missing without a trace, literally, from the streets of London or from one of the most busiest train stations in London, King's Cross or these surrounding areas, again. Again, and this was 2008, so let's jump back a little bit now. When we think about what happened just over or under a year before, we had Andrew go missing, didn't we? Come up from Doncaster, didn't he? You know, come up to King's Cross, got off at King's Cross. He was found on CCTV footage he was found on, but there's issues around that because it was only the three frames of him coming out. Now, don't get me wrong, right? They was asked to look, this police in this area, was asked to look for CCTV by the, you know, Doncaster police and whoever was running that investigation down there. And they said it was about two weeks had gone by and they said they've looked for CCTV and they couldn't see Andrew, right? They couldn't see him. Now, I can't understand that because we have a specific time now when we knew that Andrew was getting off his train from Doncaster because they come in, you know, certain times into a train station. We know what platform he was getting off at. We would have known, we would have been able to track him. So now we're talking about, is it the lack of ability of the human beings behind these computers that can't be bothered to sit there really and look for images of missing children? I think that's more the case because Doncaster police said, no, we're not having none of that. He must be on it. They actually came up two weeks later, just before these videotapes were wiped, and they saw then that Andrew, or Rue as he liked to be called at that time, was on that CCT footage. And that's the footage, that free frame footage that I showed on that case. So do I believe that in this case, 
of Alex that there is no CCTV footage anywhere in London in 2008 of this boy. No, I bloody don't. It's an absolute, it's a disgrace really, because you know, don't you, right, that there is footage in London. We're probably one of the most filmed cities in the world, even in 2008, and especially around these sort of areas. If he had left his friend's house at 12 noon, because this is what they're saying, that he went to his friend's the night before he stayed the night. He had no money on, he had nothing, he only had his mobile phone. At 12 noon, he left that house and he went then to go home from, so he was in um, Enfield, left there at 12 noon, was meant to have then gone to the train station or wherever he was going to get there. He had no money. I don't even know because this is the limited amount of, of work that anyone has put into this case to tell the truth. No one's really saying the facts of this case. That's maybe because no one knows, right? Maybe because no one knows, because maybe the investigation wasn't done well, and we'll come on to that in a minute. So we had this young lad that's been stated by his mate that he stayed with that he left this house at 12 noon, and he was then making his way home because his birthday was in two days' time. He had a birthday sort of party in that plant. His mum and his family did. This boy then never showed up. And really, that is the facts of this case. This boy has literally disappeared without a trace. He's gone. He's gone. And I'm telling you, there isn't much to research in this case. It's just, I just feel like this poor boy has been forgotten, not by his family. Not by his family. He's actually, his mother thinks they probably didn't investigate this case for two years. Two years. We're talking about a young kid who's gone missing here. For two years. She's saying she didn't believe they investigated this case at all. And I can totally be honest about that. I, I believe her. Because when you look to try and find out things about this case, it's very, very difficult. And that's because no one's researched it. No one has put any effort in to give us the information to research. Because when you're looking at cold cases, especially at this age now, from 2008 or in 2021, we have to, we can only go by what the press have said, what the police have said, this, that, never out letting out statements and stuff. Well, there wasn't any. Really? There was nothing. Did they investigate the last people to see this boy alive or the last sighting of this missing person? He was meant to have left his friend's house at 12 noon. Did they investigate that? Did they go door to door knocking in that area? Did Alex get a lift by someone? We just don't know. We don't know, so we're assuming that he's made his way home, he's made his way to the train station, you know, hit King's Cross, hit everywhere he's gonna go, what he's gotta do. He wouldn't have took him long to get from Enfield home at all. Now this lad came from, as I said, Finsbury Park, two miles outside of King's Cross station. So he knew London. He went to college here, right, it's an intelligent lad, very similar actually to the case of little Andrew. I think you have to make some link, don't we, between these cases. Listen, I don't know if it makes much difference that they were both into mathematics and stuff like that, but what they were both was young, they both looked young, Alex did not look as young as um, Andrew did, but they were both young lads 
on their own, probably gone missing from the same area, the same train station, right? Both had interest in maths and stuff, both dressed well, both looked, you know, these were normal, happy, everyday kids. Nothing in their backgrounds would say that they'd run away. Nothing. Not really. Not really. So you have one that come up from Doncaster to hit King's Cross, daunting. Yes, it was daunting. And it has been said that, you know, little Andrew did know a little bit about London. Listen, just because you've got a family in London and you've popped up now and again to London, you don't know London, right? You, you just don't know London. It, and for this child to come up the way that he looked, you know, he was vulnerable child. He didn't know London in that way, right? So when I said that he didn't know London, that's what I meant. He didn't know, he wasn't savvy enough to know London, obviously. So I do think with that case there's something, but I also think these cases may be linked, not by the type and that, but by the perpetrator of this, of both these cases. Because Alex was used to traveling on the undergrounds, he was used to traveling all around. He knew and understood the dangers. He understood. So what my theory is, I suppose, the only theory we can be left with, if we believe that both these cases, and especially in Alex's case, that he didn't run away. He had no reason to, you see. He was doing well. There was no reason, He'd just been to a mate's house, on his way home. No money, no passport, no nothing. No nothing. He'd left that house, that's what we're told, to go home, and he never made it. Now his mum, stood by that window all night she knew something was wrong she knows and I've got a clip of her which I think Channel 5 did um, in 2019 of where they have made a picture of um, you know you know with progression age progression picture of Alex so have a look at that he wasn't wanted he wasn't affiliated with any gangs he was going to college he was doing accounts. He had no reason to run away. For 11 years, the mother of Alexander Slowly has awaited news about her missing son. For 11 years, this missing persons case has mystified police. In 2008, the accountancy student from North London disappeared on the way home from a friend's house. When he went missing, those few, few, few days, you just had that hope that he's coming home. He's coming home. He's just probably at his friends or... But the daunting call that I had of concern from his friend that he was either in hospital or at the police station still haunts me today. And he just vanished, I mean, that was... And he just vanished. There was no... No one has any recollection of seeing Alex. In those years since, like so many others who go missing, all the reported sightings of Alexander have proved negative. But this new EFIT released by police shows what he may look like now, aged 27. There's no evidence at all that Alex has come to any harm. And see, you know, this, is, this boy is distinctive, right? He's a distinctive boy because he was very, actually quite pale skinned because uh, he was a young black boy, um, but he had quite pale skin very blue eyes 
he he would have stood out he wore glasses sometimes sometimes he didn't we don't know on that day if he was wearing them or not a lot of kids don't wear them um we don't know but he did have glasses um but his eyes were distinctively blue you you you're going to see this age progression photo right and if you have seen him please contact someone and let them know and if alex is by any chance out there and did decide to walk away on that day uh, for any reason then if you can just contact you know missing people and let them know you're safe you don't need to do anything else but you just need to give some way of them knowing that it is you right because the, listen now we have to say it's, it's been a long time and there's not been nothing used here nothing off this boy's national insurance number again we've spoke about this national insurance number before at this age he would have been working he would have had to get by in life he would have had to do something his bank accounts this that and the other there's been nothing in this boy's name it's, there's just nothing of him that's ever shown up since the 2nd of august 2008 nothing so it's a real worry but i'm going to put out the age progress and photo just in case of that but the mother did a clip as i was saying she did a clip in 2019 about this age progression photo and saw briefly went over about the case and um she believes that you know something as tragic has happened to her son and i actually have to agree with her there's no evidence here to say that this boy is alive not not any there's no evidence actually here to say that this boy ran off now, one of the police officers, and I wrote it down here, said in 2019 that there's no evidence that Alex came to any harm. Now, that's what they stated in 2019. How they can even say that, I don't know, really. Because what makes me think is, if that's what they felt early on in the investigation, when this boy in 2008 had gone missing, and the mothers reported him missing, now this mother's frantic, of course they're looking, they're doing what they can. But their reliance, isn't it, is on police officers or the police force, you know, these people that are paid to protect us, you know, to serve society, that you would think that they would have the same care, wouldn't you, about looking for this lady's son, wouldn't you? Because in really that's what she's hoping, she's believing this is what they're doing. But as it comes down the line after a few years, really, there's nothing. Then she sort of realised, well, actually, they haven't really investigated this case for about the first two years. It's a little bit too late then, isn't it? So I don't know where this detective, whoever he was, got this assumption. Okay, there's no evidence that any harm come to him, but then there's no evidence that it didn't, is there? really if that's how you want to look at it so listen this case it, it's um i think it's an upsetting case because when i was researching this case and you'll see the links between the two different cases uh and then the lack of concern from the police because of his age everything you know you have to think do we have a predator at work out there a killer serial killer that's using you know train stations as his picking ground we probably have i think 
because these cases are not linked by anything else. They're probably linked by the places, the disappearance, by about the age, the look of the child, you know, the, the, the looking young part. We have to think, don't we? If you have one boy that's just come in, he's an intelligent boy, come from Doncaster in, then we have one of the lads that's used to London, used to the undergrounds. How would someone, because London, even though it's busy, and I've said this before, not many people take much notice, but they do, they would take notice if someone tried to pick you up, you know, you're screaming and shouting, they're trying to throw you in a car. People would take notice then. So what my theories may be, is, is this person, or persons, that's either abducted these young lads, you know, took them, for very, very sinister and horrible reasons. And that's why we found no trace of them till this day. Are they in some way in an area of authority? Because we've had one really, not that you'd call him a runaway, Andrew. It got on a train, I think he was coming up to see a show. That's what I think really happened, right? With him. But he skipped school. He'd never done anything like that before. He weren't a bad boy. This one wasn't a bad boy. Not related to any gangs, anything like that. Had, there was nothing like that. So we had two kids that were nice kids. Used to want to do the right thing. So if you have, say, a police officer coming up to them. Or, let's say Andrew first. And Andrew, and he's like, because... You know, we have lots of police officers, lots of people, lots of people on authority, should I say. I can't just say police officers. But it could be anyone in authority that these boys would have listened to, would have trusted, or would have thought they would have had to believe them and trust them. So say, when it comes down to Andrew, he's turned up at the train station and he's been pulled over by an officer or someone in authority. And they've said, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be walking around London on your own, right? And he said, oh, well, you know, he knows he skipped school. And they say, right, get in the car. We're going to bring your parents and we'll get you out, we'll get you to the station or somewhere. That could have happened to him. Now, when we talk about Alex, Alex is this young black boy walking around London, right? This is midday, this boy goes missing midday stop and search in london bloody terrible like they're putting you over for anything anyway especially if you're young and black so it could have been it could have been that would he have listened to someone like that in authority get in the car or arrest you for something could have been anything could have been anything right or someone else in authority it could have been that this boy andrew nearly 17 two days off 17 would have gone with them willingly because there didn't seem to be any struggles anywhere, did there? No one reported seeing anyone being beaten up. There's no hospital records. There's no, listen, gangs in London. If gangs were going to get this boy in London, they would have stabbed him or shot him or something on the ground and left him. There's no way that the gangs in London are going to start dumping bodies. They're just not. That's not the way they do it in London. Not these gangs. He wasn't affiliated with any gang at all, Alex. Nothing. He was a normal kid. Meant to have left, and I'm saying meant to have, because there's no evidence, of course, or anything, that he left that home or even made it home. With this, with this, and there's nothing of this boy. So the assumption is that he left this house, his friend's house, at 12 midday, 
made his way home and he didn't make it. And somewhere from between that boy's house in Enfield and his home in um, just outside King's Cross, right, Finsbury Park, that he disappeared without a trace and without being seen on any CCTV. I think in 2012, the police come out with this statement, you know, oh, there's no trace of um, Alex slowly. Um, and no, and there was no recovered CCTV, no recovered, it's in the wording, isn't it? No recovered, not that there wasn't any CCTV footage, there just wasn't any recovered. It's annoying, isn't it? Because the problem is now, what we've got here with this case, is that you've got two people now within a year going missing, same sort of ages, right? Very, both of them looking young, looking young. Just gone, just disappeared. Not one of these kids have been seen since. Nothing, not a sight of these kids has been seen since. And I mean, really, as I've said, we only got Andrews, didn't we? Uh, you know, footage. CCTV footage, really, because Doncaster police said, no, there must be footage. And they come up and they had a look and they found it. So our reliance on these police officers <clears throat> are showing you, aren't they? You can't rely on them, can you? You, you? you can't. One, because listen, even especially these days, you haven't got hours and hours and hours of man time to sit and look through CCTV footage. Wouldn't it be lovely if we actually believed that these police were doing that, really? Because it's just, they're just not. Very unusual if you've got two or three or four missing kids. Now, London, kids go missing every day. There isn't enough manpower or staff to really, to look at all these cases in detail. But you know, but as a family, a person of someone with a missing child, wouldn't you want them to focus as much as they can on finding your child? That's what gets you through, isn't it? Thinking that people are out there to help you and push you through it and they're going to help you find this child. I mean, thank God for social media. That's all I can say. So, okay, in October 2009, the charity Missing People, what a great charity. And this is why I'm doing all this to highlight not just this charity, but other charities, the missing, highlight these cases, get them out there. So you, as the people out there, you as your communities out there, can pass on and think, do you know anything about these cases? So in 2009, this missing persons charity um, and the supermarket Iceland, and as I've spoke about Iceland before, they're a great charity, they're a great actually with charity work, they've done a, a lot for missing people. Now they arranged for Alex's story and photograph to appear on the milk cartons. Now, he was again one of the first cases we've had other cases haven't we around this same time that was also put out by them but and this was publicized i think um, and went out to about 13.5 million milk cartons but again there was nothing on this child and then i think just after that in 2009 i think in 2015 his mother stated that she was told by the police that she'd just learned, and she was surprised to learn actually this, that they had had numerous reportings and sightings of him in 2009. 
but she was never told any of that sightings. Do you see what I mean? So what she said was, the Met Police, she met them a number of times and they have never told her about any of that. Now you're meant to have, you know, one officer really, a family liaison officer or someone that's going to, you know, relay all this and different messages to you, get information from you, help you because you need help, right, when you have a child that goes missing because this child could turn up dead at any point. So, okay, in the last, you know, this was 2008 it went missing. In 2009 they had these sort of reports coming in that he'd been seen and stuff. We don't know if they were true, do we? We don't know. People like to help. At least they tried to help. But the police didn't rely this or relay this, sorry, to the mother or the family. So this family, you know, when you're thinking about it, you think no one cares, don't you? No one, there's been no sighting of my son. This is 2015 she found this out. Years and years have gone by that you think your son hasn't even been seen. But there was sightings of him in 2009. She doesn't know what they were, but the police didn't bother to tell her at all. And I don't even know if she was given, actually, a family liaison officer at that point to keep in contact with her. I'm not sure about that. So how we would think that we want these cases to run and how smooth they will run um, or should run, it's very difficult for them to run that way, isn't it? Because you are reliant, aren't you, on people's ability who are in positions of power to do their jobs right. That's what we're relying on. And sometimes, as I said, in London, where you have so many people go missing and so many little resources, really, there for the police to use. But they did have CCTV. They did have it. But whether they looked at it, and that's why they stated that they didn't, you know, there was none not found. Because actually, did they even bother looking? Not sure. So there's lots of case, there's lots in this case that's hindered this investigation, really. And it's starting, it started right, I think, from day one. Now, I think in September 2017, it was Mick Neville, and he's a retired head of Metropolitan Police Essential Imaging Unit, um, Images Unit, sorry. Um, and he's sort of the one that also drew the comparison between this um, Alex and the um, other student, you know, Andrew Godson. Uh, or Goodson that had disappeared. You know, th there is links there. There is some link there and that. And this, you know, none of these have ever been found. And that was literally less than a year that one that Andrew went missing to then where Alex went missing in the same sort of area. We have to put the link there, I think, for that. So I think with um, Alex's case, I think he was on his way to Islington for this birthday thing. So really that was where the link comes in and that is again two miles from King's Cross. Finsbury Park is probably under two miles, it's one stop down. You go to King's Cross Station, you know, literally um, the main station and you could, I think it's platform 10 or 11, you'd get on, it's the next stop down, it's so close. But um, they say he was on his way to Islington and different places. We don't know because no one really knows, do they? where this boy ended up because no one has seen him at all there's nothing so really i think we have to now raise the question of whether there is a serial killer here out there preying on these you know um young boys and about really that brings into now these links between these two cases 
and any other cases you know um, that may be out there and as I research and doing these missing cases there's so many but with any serial killer now he may have only been in this place for a year two years he may have moved on with his job he could have been a workman couldn't he outside when you even think about it he could have said or you know to one of the lads can you just hold that and help me throw him in a van and gone right it could have it could have been but it could have been someone in authority that they believed and trusted and they went off with them right someone's going to realize if a kid is screaming and shouting even at this age they're going to realize it so how did they get them to encourage these kids to go with them was there more than one perpetrator here was there any perpetrator at all i think there was but i want you to think i want to know what you think really about both these cases now mixed together right we've done andrews if you haven't seen andrew's case have a look at it then we're going to move on to alex's case if you know of any more cases like this around this area at this time from train stations kids going missing young kids 7, 16 17 14 but look younger email me let me know comment tell me about it i'm really interested because i actually do really believe that we have a serial predator here probably a serial killer and if he hadn't been caught and he hasn't has he because these bodies have not been found there is no evidence of anything and as one police officer said didn't they but there is no evidence of any serious harm coming to him but then again there's no evidence of any serious harm not coming to him is there i'll leave that one up to you so listen yeah we've you know there's been no major leads at all in this case nothing nothing and you know there has been criticism of the police and i try not to criticize the police in cases of missing because i want to really focus on the missing person rather than on the, the rubbish that goes on behind the scenes with it right but when you are trying to research a case and we're trying to highlight that missing persons case we're trying to highlight them for you to give you all the facts around this case that we can because you could have been in that place at that time you could have seen something heard something but when you haven't really got anything to go on it's very difficult and now um alex's mother says that she feels police could have done more uh, to look for her son now I'm, i will tell you now most people are going to say that most people are going to say that but on this case i think i actually have to agree but the police have said they maintained that they everything possibly that they could have done was done for him to find him that's what they're saying and as they said in 2019 then this um you know photo of him now he would be 30 years old now alex Saley, 30 years old and i think when you look at this case of this boy you know, his beautiful blue eyes. All these years, this boy would have been finished college, university, met someone, got married, had kids. You know, this woman could have been a grandmother. The father didn't need to die not knowing, did he, what happened to his son. It, this is just a terrible case, sis. It's a real terrible case. So when I look at these photos, these age progression photos, I feel that, I think, oh my gosh, when you look at them when they're young, and you look at them now, all them years that have been taken away from these children, all them years 
all that heartache of that family's had to cope with. Feeling actually until you know, 2015 that no one had even come forward with any information, anything about her son. It's very, very sad, you know, really. It's very, very sad. And this is one of the reasons why I want to do these cases. And they're not great big long cases. I don't try and go back into the background of them too much because this is about a quick, fast look at the pictures. Was you there? Do you know something? If you do, say it. Say it. Say it. If you know anything about what happened to Alex on the 2nd of August 2008. Loyalties have changed and I say it all the time. You may have seen something, heard something, been told something that's going to put that puzzle piece in, aren't you, and solve this crime. And believe me, I believe this is a crime. I really do. And I think so does the mum. So please, we have this child, don't we? This child who was 16, he was two days off his 17th birthday. That was it, two days off at the time. Now at the time he was five foot five tall medium build. He had, he was described as light-skinned black man of five foot five tall, medium build with striking blue eyes. You see the photos, you would have known or recognised this boy. If you was at school with this boy and you know anything about what happened to this boy, please contact Missing People's site. Please say something if you know it say something and let's try and bring this boy home let's try now this is case seven isn't it so you know what to do if you found this case interesting you can um hit the like button you know subscribe and do all them sort of things that i like you to do if you could possibly do it but more importantly talk about this case share this case this is social media now we don't need cctv so much we've got you We've got people out there because we can hit millions of people with what we do. And so it's really important. It's really important that you share this. You look at the photo. If you know something, you say something. You do something. You bring Alex home. That would be really good. So thank you for watching. Until the next time. Bye-bye.